Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The following contest is scheduled for 60 minutes. Give me a hell yeah! Oh my god! The rain just exploded! I apologize, you son of a bubbly! I'm better than you, and you know it. gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Monday Night Gore. Yes, that's right, it's Connor hosting, which means only one thing. We will be starting with NXT and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by my two partners in crime, Mr. Andy Goldman and Mr. Robbie Edwards. Robbie, we missed you. We had a nice Tuesday exclusive with Katie Lennox, a fantastic interview. If you haven't listened, please check out our bio, go listen back to the episode. Robbie, we missed you, buddy. Where were you? I was um, busy. <laughs> I, I was doing other things. I'd love to go up bare excuse, but not really. I was trying to to um, discover other employment opportunities, but the podcast always comes first, <laughs> and I need to get my priorities sorted in the future. So I apologise. No problem at all, Robbie, but we did miss you. And it was a great exclusive with Casey Lennox. As I said, if you haven't heard it, please go on to our Twitter, Monday Night Gore, capital M, capital N, capital G. You'll find the link to our anchor, or you can just listen to us on all podcast providers. Just type in Monday Night Gore. You'll find us there, and the Casey Lennox exclusive is at the top but it's a new week boys which means a new week of wrestling and last night we saw nxt takeover vengeance day it was the 33rd nxt takeover and for me fellas it did not disappoint at all it was a thoroughly enjoyable show from start to finish around about two and a half hours altogether which i think was perfect time for a pay-per-view because me my attention span it doesn't really last that long so anything that goes past two and a half hours and I begin to struggle but all of and every single match I thoroughly enjoyed I thought some of some great promos in there um so without further ado let's get us started because then I will be handing over to Mr Goldman as um Elimination Chamber creeps up on us on Sunday boys I cannot believe that's another we've got another WWE pay-per-view coming up at the weekend it just feels like it's absolutely none stop but what we will do is we will start the way that the card started so we'll just take you through each match as it was on the card so without further ado let's get underway and um, to kick us off on what I thought was a fantastic evening it was the women's dusty classic match now we all um did our predictions for that we all got it right and um, at the end Andy I will tell you what the scores are so you can add them on and we can decide who is the predictions champion see if Rob Edwards was able to defend his gold but as I said Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeated uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon in a thoroughly entertaining match I thought it set the tone um, of takeover perfectly um, Andy I, th- I think we all sort of called it. I think we all thought Gonzalez um, would, would get the pin. It eventually happened on, on Blackheart with her, her normal finisher. But for me, I saw some vulnerability to Raquel Gonzalez. She um, ate an eclipse. She also had to be bailed out a couple of t- times by Dakota Kai. But eventually her strength and her power won out, didn't it? Absolutely. And uh, it was as predicted. But like you said, Connor, a lot of parts of the match were quite unpredictable in terms of the way uh, it went down, especially Moon and Blackheart. I thought a lot of the match, especially the first quarter, they almost acted like the heels of the match at one point. I mean, when Moon had uh, Kai in a submission hold and was preventing her from getting to Raquel Gonzalez, Raquel Gonzalez trying to rally up on the apron, almost get the crowd behind. It felt like they had switched between heel and face, which I actually liked because it just gave a bit of a new edge to Moon and Black Cult, which I think they've needed. Uh, but it was a thoroughly entertaining match. As you said, Gonzalez, though, did obviously dominate. She was the dominating force in that one. Kai often was the one who uh, needed the pick up, if you like, and needed the save. And, you know, there were some near falls in there. I did think to myself, hang on a minute, this could go either way here. But ultimately, I think they are doing things with Raquel Gonzalez, as they should. I mean, she's an absolute powerhouse. She's a beast. She's gone from strength to strength from war games up till now. She has been arguably the second best on the roster, with the exception only of Iashirai. And this is just another notch uh, on her career, on her pedestal, if you like. You know, it's her first honour 
and NXT. I believe it's uh, also Kai's first honour as well. So it's just, you know, recognising both women's solid work over the past year or two. And we'll give Gonzalez that war path up to Io Shirai, who, of course, she will face. Not to spoil the result later on, but uh, yeah, I definitely want to see that match very soon because uh, Gonzalez looks very ready for it. Rob, they, they made history. Um, the first two women to win the first ever women's uh, Dusty Classic. I, I know you're a massive fan of um, Raquel Gonzalez. Um, you know, first of all, how did what did you think of the match? And to add to that, obviously, they now get a, a title shot at the women's tag team titles. As it stands, it's Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. So then I'd like to know if it is still Jackson Baszler, who would you have win out of that match? Uh, Good match. Good way to open the night, I think. Fantastic pace to it. Pretty sure Gonzalez must have set a record for the number of kickouts in that match. I mean, she seems to kick out of absolutely anything. But I think that just highlights how much faith they have in her behind the scenes. And they really think she can go to the absolute top. I love Dakota Kai at the end, jumping on top of the pin, pretending like she did something because she doesn't do anything. Really. Well, hang on, hang on a second now. There was a couple of times where Gonzalez was out there was one where she ate an eclipse from Ember Moon and thanks to Dakota Kai distracting the referee meant that the referee wasn't able to, to do the three count. And there was also a time when she had to jump in and save save the, save the match. So I, I get what you're saying, but she actually was a, a fairly vital part to that match. Okay, fair enough. But she's still, she's still the weak member of the team, isn't she, really? And I'm a huge fan of her. I love Dakota Kai, but... I mean, anyone team Gonzalez kind of always going to look the weak link. But another right team won. I mean, Everman and Shotzi Black are extremely talented wrestlers, but I believed Gonzalez and Kai winning was the right choice. And in terms of a title shot, uh, I can see them beating Jackson Baser. Why not have the women's tag team championships on NXT? I, I maintain the stance that I feel on main roster at the moment. The women's tag team championships still, I feel like, kind of like a prop. They don't hold that much significance. I don't think they have since um, they were on to the scene two years ago, pretty much, because obviously it was the Elimination Chamber match two years ago, which decided the inaugural champions. And I've never really feel they've built up enough momentum, really. And NXT's got all the all the women, really. So why not put them on there and have Gonzalez win her first title as well? Have her be the first women's tag team on NXT to win the tag team belts. That'd be something. So um, I can easily see them beating them in the future when that match will take place. I'm not 100% sure because Jackson Bays obviously appeared on um, SmackDown the other day, uh, taunting Belair and Banks. So they've got a lot on their plates at the moment, including Lana as well. So she's got a lot going on, Jackson Baser. But I'm excited for when that match takes place because pitting Gonzalez up against the likes of Jackson Baser is an exciting, exciting prospect. But um, yeah, it was a fantastic way to start the show and Raquel Gonzalez is going places. Yeah. And she will destroy Io Shirai when she eventually crosses her squasher. Well, not too sure about that. But that's <laughs> a very good point that you make there, um, Rob, because it is also worth noting that Nia Jackson and Chayna Baser do have to defend their um, tag team titles against Naomi and Lana at some point. So it will be interesting to see um, which one of those matches come first. Andy, quickly, before we move on, what's next for, for Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon? I mean... Blackheart won breakout star of the year. Looks like they're, they're pretty well sold on her, but then she didn't have a very good display at the Rumble. Obviously fell short here. And Ember Moon, Andy, I, I don't know what's happening here because she came back. Everyone was so excited. We thought she, she'd make a beeline straight for Io Shirai. That didn't happen. She started losing. Then she had a terrible showing at the Rumble. And another another defeat here. I mean, I mean, where do these two go now? I don't know. It's easier for Blackheart to come over this because she just always loses the big match, if you like. She's never had a match that she's gone into uh, at a takeover or at a big show and actually gone over. I can rarely remember her getting dubs. Moon, on the other hand, is former NXT Women's Champion. She went to the main roster with all this following and all this attention to her. And I was pretty much sold on her straight away. Her in-ring ability is, um, you know, when you pair it... Trained, trained by Booker T, wasn't she, Andy? Exactly, yeah, in Dallas, Texas. You know, she's one of the, the, the best in terms of in-ring ability. But I suppose, does she lack that skill on the mic, perhaps? Yeah, I, I'd say she does. But then I think there are ways around that. You don't have to be the greatest of all time on the mic to be one of the greatest of all time. Bret Hart, for example, is a well-known example of that. You know, on the mic, you know, always a bit, you know, 
hit and miss, but in the ring, never missed a beat. And that's the same with Ember Moon. I just think in this day and age, you have to be an all-rounder to really get the success uh, that you deserve and need. And I don't know if Moon has that. She's gone off a loss here. Where did she go? I don't know. I can't see her challenging for Shirai. I don't think that dynamic would work at the minute with two faces going off. Blackheart always seems to survive this, and she's an entertaining enough character on her own. But Moon, yeah, I'm not sure where she fits in. She returned around a similar time as Tony Storm. And whilst Tony Storm is coming up short in uh, women's title matches, yeah, Moon just seems to be falling by the wayside. Not sure what they can do to really invigorate interest in her. Because that's why she came back to NXT, let's not forget. She came back to try and re-find herself, rediscover that spark. Has she done it yet? I don't think so. No, and it'll be very interesting to see um, what happens for those two um, competitors. And where Kain and Gonzalez go now, I mean, the dynamic of the tag team stick together. Obviously, they'll have their title shot, but then I wonder, will they begin to break away? Right, moving on to the second uh, match on the card. It was the North American Championship. Uh, Johnny Gargano defending against Andy's favourite wrestler, Kushida. Now, this, again, was a thoroughly entertaining match. I think it really sold the talents of Kushida. I think if people didn't know what Kushida could do. You've just got to watch that match and you know exactly what Kushida can do. Again, Johnny Takeover never lets us down at a takeover. And yet again, I thought he was brilliant. The submission holds that Kushida was putting Gargano in. I thought he was going to break his arm at some point. Um, but Gargano was able to hold on. And maybe steal a win is quite harsh, but it did feel quite like a stolen win. I felt Kushida had all of the momentum, all of the power, but Gargano caught him with a couple of devastating moves and ended up getting the one, two, three. Andy, before we come to you on Kushida, Rob, I, I, you're not sold on Mr. Gargano, are you? So were you were you a bit disappointed that he retained here? Not really. <laughs> he he um, gets himself out of a hole with me just because of how good he is in the ring. He said that Connor, the man is um, insane when it comes to just pure wrestling ability. So I, I can't sit here and slate what he does in terms of in-ring performances, because he's up there with the very best. And I think, rightfully so, he did retain. But Kushida comes out of that match with his head held high. He said that some of the submission moves he put Gogano in were absolutely brutal. And there are many occasions where I thought Gogano was going to be made to tap. But um, perhaps came a bit too early for Andy's um, friend Kushida. And I'm sure in the future he will go on to win a belt in WWE. Clearly a huge, huge fans of him behind the scenes. But um, Gorgana retains and the man I want to see challenge him next is the man who killed Austin Theory off screen, which is quite funny, which I made me chuckle. But that was the main reason why I went for Gorgana to retain because I look at Loomis as the man to take it off him in a not-too-distant future. But, um, yeah, it was a brilliant match. Probably my favourite match on the card in terms of just mm. endurance and the brutality of it. It was a very deep and personal affair between the two. And it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant match. Gone, I could watch it again. I really could. For those of you that don't know what Rob is alluding to, um, when Johnny Gargano was making his way out to the ring, he was uh, joined by The Way, which consists of his wife, Candice DeRay, Indy Hartwell and Austin Theory. And as they were walking out, Austin Theory was trailing behind um, the other three and Dexter Loomis appeared and seemed to take him away. It wasn't until that they were on, just coming onto the stage, Gargano realised that they were one short and he sent Candice and Indy backstage to find Austin Theory and they didn't find Austin Theory. And it's the little things, you know, I like, you know, it's the little things. I go on Twitter and I see tweets from Indy Hartwell and Candice DeRay and Johnny Gargano going, has anyone seen Austin Theory? And it just brings a smile to my face because they're just carrying on um, the storytelling there. So we'll see what happens if, if Loomis, well, first of all, hopefully we'll find out what happened to Austin Theory. And then secondly, whether Loomis will be challenging for the North American title. Andy, forget about the result. Forget about Johnny Gargano. Tell me how good Kushida was in this match. Because if people don't think Kushida is any good at his job, just take a look at that match. Because I think he was a star performer. I know he lost, but I think he was a star performer. He was all right, yeah. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Obviously, he was fantastic. That was easily his best performance to date in NXT. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, we see what he can do when he's working with the Dream. And this was just his wrestling showcase, pure and simple. It was amazing. His submission techniques were second to none. I actually, uh, same as Rob, I was genuinely thinking at one moment, just before uh, 
um, Gargano got to the, the ropes that he was gonna he was gonna tap. There was one moment where his, his hand literally shook, and I thought, "Oh, it's over!" And I was I was so hyped, and then the letdown when he uh, he got to the bottom rope just it killed me. And um, but no, I I agree with Rob totally. I don't think this in any way hurts him. He'll be back. He'll be back. He's still in the infancy of his NXT career. He really is. Oh, in the yeah. grand scheme of things, he have plenty more opportunities, and he's just gone up against a guy who's had more takeover matches than anyone else in history. You know, a, a multiple-time champion. You know, this this doesn't do anything other than uh, favors for him going forward. He, he'll probably go back down the card ever so slightly, work with some other people. Uh, uh, hell, put him with Cameron Grimes for like a put, uh, you know, get him over some talent, and then uh, go back to where he belongs around that NXT North American title picture. Whether he'll go there anytime soon, I'm not sure. But he, he's proven once and for all that he's a phenomenal talent. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy watching the guy. I really do. I'm not, I, I don't just do it just because I go along with the joke i genuinely enjoy watching him i think he's phenomenal talent and um yeah not over for him plenty more takeovers uh to come for kashida and um yeah i think gargano's days are numbered with that title as they always have been really well exactly that and i think just before we move on a, a quick word on on gargano i think for kashida it was the perfect person to work with because they just played off each other so well and they just showcased each other's talents perfectly and like you Andy there was times when his hand was shaking by the floor I was thinking oh my goodness we're going to get a new champion here but alas it didn't happen but it won't be you know it's just the start for Kushida and and as you said I I think Gargano's days are numbered I feel like he's almost a a filler champion until they sort of carve their way out a new storyline but I might be wrong right moving on to the third match on the card it was the men's dusty classic boys we had a shocker with this didn't we our predictions were way off um, so I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you boys once I've rounded up my, uh, my NXT because I, I'm not sure how we're going to score the points if we're going to score it on our original which means we all get zero or we score it on our re-added ones where a couple got a few points but we'll sort that out at the end it was between MSK and the Grizzled Young Veterans MSK completely unknown Grizzled Young Veterans obviously got to the Dusty Classic final last year losing out and they lost out again. MSK, the new boys, the unknown boys, came through with a victory in a pulsating, frantic, high-energy match, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I had absolutely no idea which way it was going to go right until the end. Um, I loved the finish because it looked like MSK were stuffed and they somehow managed to, to wheedle their way out and get the victory. Wesley and Nash Carter, the two boys for MSK, and they get a title opportunity in the future against Orny Lorkin and Danny Birch. Rob, I mean, that was just frantic, pulsating and a perfect tag team match for a takeover, wasn't it? Yeah, it shows that um, NXT do still have uh, <laughs> the the quality in their tag team division. We've been doubting it over recent months um, because we've not really seen much of their tag teams at all. But this was a very, very, very enjoyable match between the two high quality tag teams. I love the Grizzled Young Veterans. It's very disappointing that they have lost the final again, but I fully understand why, because they clearly the, the guys won the scene like MSK. I still haven't really got an opinion on them yet. In terms of in-ring ability, then fair enough, yeah, but clearly they're fans of them behind the scenes, and having them win the Dusty Rose Classic is the perfect way to push a tag team, and that's why it's such a good tournament to have. And they're going to get their title shots, and I can see them beating them. Lorcan and Birch, not not gonna lie, but it was um, brought to an end another brilliant Dusty Road tag team tournament, which has helped to um, shed light on a tag team division which was struggling. But it's um, shown that there is quality in the monks, and it was highlighted in this match to full effect. Andy, are you along the same lines as Rob? There, were you happy with the the final? Absolutely, yeah. I was really. It was a hard choice between the veterans and MSK purely because we just don't know enough about MSK and the fact that you mentioned they've been to the final before Grizzled Young Veterans we know them former NXT UK tag champs so on paper it looked like a bit of a mismatch but I just figured if Kai and Gonzalez are going to win the uh, inaugural women's Dusty Classic you need something to balance it out you need the heels mm. and the faces you need a feel-good story and I think when you look at that card all five matches 
they were all eat contained for the exception of MSK, wrestlers that we know and are well-averse with, you know, people that have been on multiple takeovers. They were the only ones that really were making their debuts and were fresh and new. And I just thought this is a great time to push an up-and-coming team. We don't know a hell of a lot about, but we're going to get to know them very well. And that was a perfect way to do that. And yeah, as Rob said, I fully expect them to go on and beat Birch and Lorcan. No disrespect to them, but they have been sort of placeholders of titles in my opinion they haven't really had a classic tag team match as champions yet and who knows I reckon a match with MSK could be uh, what they need for their tag team reign to have a bit of a legitimacy to it even though I think they'll lose the belts to MSK because I think why well, kill something when it's going so well I mean they're young they're up and coming they're having great match after great match they just won the biggest match of their career uh, both in WWE and out I'm sure and I think yeah you've got a, a wave of momentum and why would you stop that now I think Chris's young veterans don't didn't need to win they didn't need to win that to be taken as uh, serious contenders. But uh, yeah, it was a proper tag team wrestling affair. Real good stuff. Very enjoyable match. A lot of close calls. But uh, right team came out, I think, in the end. I'm going to agree with you on that. I think why not go the whole hog and, and end up taking the titles? They're giving them such a big push. You may as well go all the way. Um, in terms of grizzled young veterans, I hope that's not the last we see of them on NXT. Obviously, when they came to the dusty classic last year they then went back to nxt uk so i'm hoping that they, they might stick around um but when they do come out their graphic is still nxt uk so i believe that will be um where they will be heading um just before we do move on the tag team i i'm really looking forward to seeing is imperium because they've added alexander wolf there now and we're just missing walter and soon then you've got the full Imperium on, on NXT. So I think that could be something that will be potentially quite exciting in the future. And it's like Rob said, you go from having pretty much no tag teams to quite a few tag teams in there. So I think that'd be, I think that'd be very interesting to see where they go. But on MSK, two young lads come in and taking it by storm. Clearly Triple H is a massive fan. And with the talent that they've, they've shown throughout the Dusty Classic, um, you can understand why. Right, two matches left on the card. The two biggest matches really on, on, on paper um, at the start of the evening. And it's the going to go to the Women's Championship match now between uh, Io Shirai, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. And the phenomenal... Do you know what, boys? I, I, I think Andy could probably maybe try and get a little jingle for this because I'm going to have a little Io Shirai loving once again. Because this woman, to me, is the best women's professional wrestler currently. I don't think anyone touches her. I think she's the best champion in WWE, which I think is, is you know, some may say is harsh on Sasha Banks because a lot of people think Sasha Banks at the pinnacle of her career and she's fantastic. But for me, Io Shirai tops her. I think she's better than Shida. I think she's better than uh, Perazzo on, on Impact. For me, I genuinely think she's the best women's professional wrestler at this current moment in time. I, I think this match was a good match. I, I did enjoy it, but I don't think it was as good as the other matches on the card. Obviously, there was a massive missed spot with the whole table botch where Tony Storm went to clear the table and the table just <laughs> collapsed. And she looked in absolute disgust, as you said, Andy, as, as Wade Barrett tried to explain it. And then there was a bit of a, a camera botch as well, because... We're in the ring and, and, and it's Storm and Martinez. And instead of the camera panning to Shirai, so you see her moonsault properly, you just kind of see her like just sort of fly in and, and, and smack them both. And it all felt a little bit confusing. But Io Shirai retained. I think she rightly retained. I think it's way too soon for the Mercedes Martinez. Um, a lot of people were calling for Tony Storm, but I think, I think this is the right decision. Um, but before I take your opinions on it, Andy, Io Shirai for me is at the absolute pinnacle. And I know, I know you boys so badly want to see Raquel Gonzalez squash her and take the title. And I get that. I, I do totally get that. But I think if you stop the Io Shirai D train too soon, I think they will instantly regret it. Because when you think she's, you know, she's floundering, she's off TV a bit, she's getting sneak attacked in a triple threat, bang, moonsault, one, two, three. Um, Andy. I'm going to start with the table botch. I mean, because you were just absolutely pissing yourself and you saw the Snapchat that you, that you sent to me. You were in absolute stitches. Um, good match, but probably not as good as the others. I agree. This was probably the, my, the match that I least enjoyed. Not to say it wasn't a good match, like you said, Connor, because it was. Okay, I did enjoy this match. But when you have a, a card, the calibre of this one, it's hard to keep that going and going. I felt this one was ever so slight dud. Um, I don't think that's in any way a knock on the women involved. They're all extremely talented. I feel like placement on the card, it just came after the, a hot, hot tag team match. And maybe with this one, this was easily the most predictable match on the card. 
you look at Storm and you look at Martinez, I did not what for one second ever, ever think or contemplate these women could possibly yeah. take the title off Shirai. It just didn't cross my mind once. They just, they hadn't been built hard enough. It just, yeah, for me, it was never in doubt. And the table spot, like you said, Faraday, I, I would just piss myself. It was hilarious. It wasn't even like, she didn't even like bash the table or anything. She, she just cleared it just, quite gently. She cleared it. And it just collapsed. Whoever was in charge of gimmicking the table needs to be uh, given a, a bit of a talking to because that was appalling. And yeah, Storm just stared at it like, all right, that's she looked, that. She looked absolutely disgusted. It's yeah. like you said, Andy, whoever t- table needs to be, but whoever's speaking in Wade Barrett's ear telling him to try and explain it needs to be fired. Yeah, as well saying, oh, I there's think there's no, there's no think, explaining uh, that. I think the Chris's Young veterans might have uh, toppled it. Like, no, Wade, come on. That's just, yeah, that's just not in any way true. I'm surprised that, that, that Vic, Beth, and Wade didn't break it when they put their drinks on it. It was so weak. But anyway. They actually did it quite well in the end. And Shirai, I think Shirai was probably meant to jump off the platform onto the table to break it. I think, that, I think that was supposed to be the point. Yeah. But yeah, it still looked good. But uh, yeah, the match itself did fall flat. But then I'm not massively annoyed about that because the match itself was one of the ones that I was least looking forward to going in. Just because I don't think there's been a, a hell of a lot of build to this one. Uh, but like you say, it's another it's another win for Shirai. It's another bit of legitimacy for her. And I agree, Connor. I don't think this is time for her reign to end. I really don't. Especially I love Gonzalez. And I do expect her to eventually pinner for the belt I don't think it should be done just yet I feel like Shirai has more to give and uh, you don't want to happen like a Rhea Ripley situation where eventually they lose the belt and then they're just there and you think okay what are you doing now I don't think that's Shirai just yet I think I want to see her with that belt a bit longer uh, win some more matches have a couple more classic matches that we can look back on and say wow that was a great part of her reign and yeah. and then go from there but um, absolutely she um, she's a phenomenal talent I really really enjoy watching her but in terms of the card, this one did fall ever slightly fat, uh, flat for me. Oh, I agree. Um, right. I'm going to throw it out there. WrestleMania two nights. I want to see Io Shirai on the WrestleMania card in yeah. a match over two nights. I think she's that good. And I think it's time she gets showcased on the WrestleMania stage. And what I love, right, is that's twice now. because She did it at War Games as well, right? Where well, the camera pans off her. And you're like, where is she? And literally, inside about a minute, it pans back and she's climbing something. At War Games, it was on the cage with the blooming bin, dustbin over her. And this one, it was up the sort of pole, which she then dived onto Storm and Martinez. Rob, I know you're a huge fan of of Tony Storm. I believe you've got her merchandise. But sadly, it wasn't to be Tony time this time. Didn't take the pin. (coughs) Something, I suppose. She wasn't going to win, didn't she? She She didn't have enough momentum going into the match. And she's still adjusting to that heel role, which I'm not entirely sure about just yet. But yeah, I think she's actually, doing as good a job I, as she can. So before I take you on to that match, what do you think about you know this this heel that she's trying to be? Because I know I know you're not too too sold on it, are you? I think she's doing as well as she can. She's just not used to it. She's been face her whole career. And the heel turn kind of just came out of nowhere, really, when she turned on Moon. Just kind of I think it was kind of just um a rushed decision from behind the scenes because there's never really any build to it. She came out of nowhere when she turned heel. It was just for the sake of war games. I think they did it, but they turned her heel. I think she's she's doing an all right job, but she's certainly not there yet. And that's why I didn't think she could really win the belts at this point. But um, as I said, she didn't take the pin, thankfully. And it's no disrespect to Mercedes Martinez, but I view Storm more as a potential NXT Women's Champion than Martinez. All, all respects to her. But um, just to see where Storm goes from her, maybe you could get her feuding with someone, Shotzi, maybe, I don't know. They've got plenty of women, so they've got... I'm sure they can find some storylines to do, but she, she just wasn't ready for um, to take the belt just yet. And maybe that's why they did the triple threat match, because they're obviously huge fans of her, but they don't want her to lose a singles match just yet but equally they know she's not ready to to win the title just yet but um yeah the heel thing it's just very strange and i loved her as a face just very strange to get used to i have to watch a lot of my superstars change it was tough to me to watch bailey work as a heel at first she was terrible and she's obviously come a long way since then took her about a year or so but um She's finally started to work as a heel. So I'll give Storm time. And she is only a baby, I think. She's in early 20s. So she's got yeah. a long old career ahead of her. So I'm not going to jump the gun just yet. But yeah, I'm not entirely sold on the heel thing, but I will give it time. 
Well, well, as someone pointed out to me, DDP Diamond Dallas Page started wrestling at 35. So, you know, if, if you're that young, you know, you've got loads and loads of time. We think how good DDP was and he started at 35. So, you know, loads of time. And I'm sure, like you said, should adjust the role. And then it's tough, isn't it? I mean, you know, you know that in any sort of workplace, if you turn up and you've never done something before, it's going to take you time to adjust. That's just part and parcel of working. Um, but for me, sorry, sorry, listeners, but anytime there's NXT, you're going to get an Io Shirai loving from me, unless she is an absolute shocker. Because again, <laughs> she is phenomenal. And Vince McMahon, give her that WrestleMania match. She deserves it. Right. Before we move on to the main event, there's a couple of things um, that I wanted to touch on. And Andy, I'm going to pass over to you because there was a, there was a new signing, wasn't there, to NXT? And someone I believe you're quite excited about. Indeed, Mr. Eli Drake, or we shouldn't call him Eli Drake anymore, Connor and Rob, because that is no longer his name. His name is L.A. Knight in NXT. Eli Drake is well known throughout the wrestling world. Uh, TNA or Impact Wrestling is really where he made his name and uh, left quite recently, which is a shame, really, because I like to have seen him. He was linked with moves to AEW, and I'm sure that might have been the pipeline for him, um, you know, before because of this whole uh, AEW Impact merger. But he has rocks up. In NXT, often you know you see NXT signings in the crowd, and Drew McIntyre was in the crowd when he when he came back. It's the same with I think Pat McAfee as well. But we did see him in a backstage segment with uh, with William Regal signing his contract, and he even appeared on the pre-show, uh, giving a bit of George Yakin and uh, talking about the NXT North American title, the NXT title, just saying how he could literally do everything. But listen, he's a former Impact World Champion. This guy's the real deal. He's not a young man, and he stretched the imagination. But um, LA Knights, you know, it's a different name for him. I like it, though. I like it. And he's got that cool gimmick. He, he seems like a, a cool, arrogant heel, which, you know, NXT could do with. I think they're, they're missing that sort of a role at the minute, uh, the exception maybe of Austin Theory. But even then, he's part of another group. So I'm looking forward. I see this as a Bobby Roode-esque signing. And look how well Bobby Roode did when he joined NXT. He went on to win the, the title there and had a, a decent reign. So, uh, yeah, very excited for LA Knights. I've got to get used to calling him yeah. that. Um, look forward to seeing what he can do, 100%. Exactly. And we all look forward to seeing LA Knight on our TVs on Wednesday, Rob. And there was another person who made his return. It was actually, well, he made his return on Wednesday's NXT. And he also did a nice little promo um, at TakeOver, your new favourite, the man you hated at the start, but was coming round to, Mr Cameron Grimes. And Rob, he's got a new gimmick, hasn't he? Would you like to tell the listeners uh, what his new gimmick is? Oh, I don't really get it, to be honest, Con. I'd love to tell you more about it. I just kind of, I phased out when he came on screen. He's just so loud in my face. I don't dislike him anymore, because I used to hate the bloke. And I'm not going to lie, I was quite relieved to see him, because he's quite entertaining. He's, he's good to have on shows because he breaks it up with a bit of a bit of light-hearted comedy and he has grown on me a lot. He's actually a very talented wrestler, but in terms of his new gimmick, I, I, I don't really quite know, to be honest, at this point. He's rich. Yeah, he's, he's rich, yes. supposedly. But... To, yeah, to explain to listeners, Cameron Grimes is now rich. He drives around a Lamborghini. He has dollar notes to be chucked around. And he's basically saying he's a new man. They've stolen that gimmick from Jamie Noble back in 2003, four, where he was like a trailer park guy and then his nan died and he inherited loads of her money and then became rich exactly the same thing but Cameron Grimes running out storylines Andy they are going back <laughs> to the world. wrestling keeps rolling the storylines <laughs> do not I'm afraid yeah. um, but before before we go on to the main event I also want to say um, I thought the like you said Andy the segment of LA Knight with Mr. Regal um, Regal coming out with the um, Dusty Classics as well just shows to me I think how much sometimes Smackdown and Raw miss a general manager and I know Mr Adam Pearce is trying to go between the two shows but when you see the way William Regal inserts himself into the shows you know he does it in the right way and it, and it really benefits NXT having a general manager and I wonder if Smackdown and Raw did it correctly whether it could benefit them as well but who knows only time will tell. Right, let's move on to the main event before I hand over to, to Andy for Elimination Chamber. It was the NXT Championship match between Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. And we knew, we all knew this match would not disappoint. And it did not disappoint. It was brutal. And um, within an inch, oh, the way Pete Dunne was pulling his fingers apart. And I know Balor was acting the, like the claws, pretending he couldn't move his fingers. But I generally, I don't know if he could move his fingers. It looked ridiculously sore but again the prince came through and I mentioned I think it was a week or two ago I thought there was something missing from Finn Balor I think he's filled he's filled that gap 
um, with that performance. I, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And it just makes me want to see him face Karrion Cross. It makes me want him to face somebody else and just to keep the title. But the real drama was what happened afterwards. And I'm going to come to you first, Rob, but just to explain what happened. After the match, Lorcan and Birch, who we knew were there, we'd seen him in the backstage, they came down and began the beatdown of Finn Balor. Um, Dunn got up and carried on that, that beatdown. And then the Undisputed Era's music hits. They were a man down. There was no Bobby Fish. The three of them ran down. Lorcan, Birch and Dunn, they, they ran away. Um, Cole and Strong were shouting at them while O'Reilly was helping up Balor. They started chatting and then they all sort of got into a queue. They did their little Undisputed sign, Balor held the title and from out of nowhere, Adam Cole, and I was saying to Andy before we came there, that, that super kick was on the money, straight under the chin. Bala fell like a sack of spuds. He was totally out. And then O'Reilly gets up in his face. He's saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Roderick Strong's trying to calm him down. You think it's all fine. And then all of a sudden, bang, Adam Cole hits another super kick, but this time to his longest friend, Kyle O'Reilly dropping him down. Roderick Strong's there. He doesn't know where to look. He doesn't know where to go. Adam Cole mutters a few words to him before getting out, walking up, and NXT cuts out with him looking back down on the ring to a confused Roderick Strong and Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly spark out in the centre of the ring. Boys, I can't remember how many times we've talked about a potential UE breakup. We've talked about it so much. I feel like it was coming and we all knew it was coming, Rob, but I just didn't expect it. No. And I suppose they did that very well because I didn't see it coming. Kind of slipped my mind because we've gone out on about it so much over recent months and nothing really materialised. And it just went to the back of my mind and suddenly Cole super kicked Kyle in the face. And it was very, very depressing to watch, I'll be honest. I mean, it might be the right time. Doesn't doesn't mean I like it. They're threatening to break up my favourite faction. I don't know. It's just very sad. It's just very sad indeed. I mean, I'm not surprised because I know Adam personally and I can't imagine he's been liking Kyle getting all these title shots. I just can't imagine it sits too well with him having to play second fiddle. And Kyle's being all like, oh, Finn, Mike, <laughs> champion. That's what he's like, isn't he? And I can't imagine that sits too well with him. So I understand the frustration. And I, I get a lot of people probably think, yeah, they've run their course, but it's still very sad to watch. Positive is that all of them feuding would open up possibility of some truly exceptional matches because a, um, a Cole-O'Reilly match would be um, quite incredible if it, if it takes place at some point. But we shall see what happens on Wednesday. But it was just a very... Um, stunning turn of events but it left with a, us with a memorable image in our heads which is what you want at the end of a pay-per-view something to remember it by if you look back at every good pay-per-view there's always an image at the end which you remember and the image i remember is adam super kicking car in the face or it probably is where strong is just staring at o'reilly's 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 corpse just lying there motionless and strong just like ah. Oh. I thought Strong would be the one to turn, but I I, I don't know. It's you just very, very sad. You make a very good point there, you know, Rob. Adam Cole's been the NXT champion for, you know, that longest reigning ever champion. He's been a heel. He's been the main man. He's been the leader of the Undisputed Era. And what, we're supposed to just think as soon as he loses the title belt, he becomes this lovable face who's happy, mm. to, to, who's happy to play second fiddle to... Kyle O'Reilly definitely not and I think I think it was just a reminder to know hang on a second no I'm the main man I'm the heel and this is my faction and if you're going to end up being the main man then we're not going to be a faction anymore and I think it was done perfectly let's also not forget it was done on Vengeance Day Valentine it was also Valentine's Day you know breaking the hearts of UE fans such as yourself there Rob and they did (laughs) they did so I, I think it was told perfectly because I think we all had a feeling they would break up, but I don't think we saw it coming there. I mean, Andy, did you see it coming? Did you know something me and Rob didn't? No, not at all. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, it didn't. I'll be honest though, it didn't feel totally like a breakup. 
No, it wasn't. Because no, it wasn't. If it was, you're all right. members would have to be there, and they would have to have destroyed O'Reilly and maybe uh, Fish, who wasn't there again. Yeah, Fish wasn't there. It was just one super kick. It didn't feel like oh, this is the end of the undisputed era. They're no longer together. It didn't feel like that, which is, I guess, a good thing because a, it leaves more to be desired, and that will make you tune into NXT. And B, it just it, for me, it just it, it, it can lead to so many other possibilities now. Why did Roderick Stone Strong not you know, do anything? Why wasn't Fish there? I know it was probably a reason that wasn't in his control, but they should work that into storyline. Why wasn't he there? And why yeah. did Cole do it? All these questions remain unanswered. And that's why you want to tune into NXT. Uh, so, yeah, to me at the minute, it doesn't feel like the UE is broken up. It just feels like they're divided. And that's great. That's a great story to go off. And, um, no, I loved it. And the match itself was just extraordinary. I mean, I really can't. I did a, uh, I wrote an article for a, a website called uh, TWM. Dot com, they're a wrestling website, and I wrote an article why Balor versus Finn Dunn could be an early contender for match of the year. And you know what? It already is. It is a match of the year candidate, that one. Certainly of the NXT year-end awards. I mean, it was absolutely perfectly done. I loved every moment of it. There were, I genuinely, when uh, Dunn hit the bitter end the first time, I was thinking, oh, he might win this here. He didn't, in the end, it was a kick out. And then we hit the coup de grace, 1916, uh, one, two, three. But honestly, it was fantastic. And the, the work both both men put into it, the submission techniques, the, the finger snaps were just beautiful. The finger snaps, such a simple thing. And yet it's so innovative. I can't remember any wrestler ever working fingers no. in a match. It's just not done just ever. Yanks them just yanks them. It's so simple. So often you see wrestlers do similar offense. You, know, you work the leg, you work the knee, you work the neck. Pete Dunne works the fingers. And on paper, that mm. might sound stupid, but actually it's so brilliant to watch and so different. He's the only wrestler I know that's ever worked fingers in a match and made it part of his offense, the biggest part of his offense. It was brilliant. Loved the match. And Bella coming out on top was the right call. I agree, Connor. He was missing something when he came back. He kind of won the title by default, but now he's really starting to feel like the Prince Prince Bella we, we came to know and love back in the day at NXT. And uh, he's certainly come back with a bang, recently his last few matches have been fantastic one with o'reilly of course was the match of the year let's not forget last year and this one we've done just lived up to my expectations brilliantly and pete dunn doesn't look a hell of a lot worse for losing trust me he'll, he'll come well, back this, better than ever this is the thing i am struggling to remember the last time pete dunn didn't have a good match or wasn't good in a match i think he's a phenomenal worker and we all know the talent of finn balor and you make a great point there you know match of the year and, and finn balor Blooming had one at the last takeover with Kyle O'Reilly, which was a phenomenal match. So, you know, and I think Finn Balor was was excellent. And it's great for European wrestling, isn't it? An Irishman and an Englishman in the main event of an NXT takeover. That's brilliant for us. That's 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 awesome for us. The the Englishman and the Irishman, of course, boys, the Irishman comes out on top. I mean, that's just how it is. Ah. That, that is just how it is. And do you know what I love as well? Someone made a very interesting point. Finn Balor's finisher is the 1916. Yeah. 1916 was the year of the uprising in Ireland when the Irish basically kicked the English out of the fucking country and sent you lot back to flipping the British Isles, right? And he did that to Pete Dunne. I mean, that's just fantastic. You, you absolutely love to see it. A great match, a, a worthy champion. And who's next for, for Mr. Bala? Where, 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 where do you think he's headed next? Andy? Me. Start. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll win it back for the English. No, I don't. I, you know what? Kind of, I'm not too sure. After the finish, I could totally see Adam Cole trying to go for it again. I don't want to see that. I'd much rather see a dynamic between um, uh, Cole and O'Reilly. But then, why would you superkick Balor in the face? And you know, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know, Connor. I don't know. And I'm glad I don't know. We shouldn't know. Like I said, I didn't know that finish was coming uh, in the end. You know, the, the end beat down the superkicks to the face, and so I'm not sure where it leaves Balor. We know that Karrion Cross is sort of lurking in the background. I, I want to see that match. I'm dying to see that match. I want to see the Demon take on Cross. But I don't know, now that that turn's happened with Cole and O'Reilly, I'm thinking, OK, yeah. are they still involved? But I'm not too sure. But um, I think outside, you'd have to say Cross would be a logical choice. But um, yeah. Yeah, the way Bella's going, I don't want to see him drop the title almost now. After, after winning it, kind of like, yeah... I'm enjoying him as champion, so I want to see him continue. This is the thing, isn't it? And this is how it how it how it can change so quickly. Um, it looks like Karen Cross is going to have something with Santos Escobar on Wednesday because in uh, I don't know where that's come from, but on the last NXT, Scarlett was in his office. It was in Regal's office, basically saying that he wants a match with Santos Escobar, and if he doesn't get it, it's all going to turn nasty. So maybe when he gets that out of the way, Rob, you know, who do you think is next for Finn Balor? Well, Cross is just, he, I think he's in the back of everyone's minds, isn't he? I mean, he didn't lose the belt. He got injured. 
didn't even get started as champion. So I do wonder if it's just a case of delaying that as long as you can. Because I like Andy, I, I, after that match, you kind of don't want to see Finn drop it instantly. It's a very difficult situation they find themselves in. It's just a case of how long can they keep the two separate. And then you look at Cross feuding with the lights of Legado del Fantasma and you're like, oh, okay, if they're going to stick him in dead-end feuds like that, then it's a bit concerning if that's what they're doing, just a delay until he gets his title shot. But um, I'm sure NXT can find some fresh faces to face Finley. I like Andy. As much as Cole and Bala, I'm sure it'll be a good match. We've seen it quite a few times over the last year or so, so I'm not too keen on that. I don't know, to be honest. Cameron Grimes, funny, isn't it? He's rich, he's, isn't he? He's rich. So <laughs> you can buy, buy a match. Buy a match. <laughs> buy a match. So, <laughs> you can buy a title go. shot. No, that it, it, was, it was a great takeover again. And, and the takeovers, you know, behind closed doors, I know this one did have a few fans, which, I mean, it really does help, doesn't it? Just that even that little reaction to... Um, Adam Cole super kick and Kyle O'Reilly makes a massive, massive difference. And another great show from NXT. Um, I, you know, it's great to have the commentary team back together now as well. The dynamic works so much better. And another, another great takeover, which means that we all look forward um, to Wednesday night. Um, before I move on to predictions, is there anything you boys wanted to? Anything I missed? I out forgot. I forgot to say. Well, Edge could pick him. That could be his next challenger. Edge versus Finn. Would you? Uh, all right. While we're on that, um, who would you like Edge to pick, Rob? I mean, I, I was going to talk about more on the elimination chamber side of it, but at the okay. moment, I don't really know. To be honest, my preference probably would be Reigns, potentially, but he he could work with any of them. I think yeah. simply Edge because there's simply Reigns. Sorry, because Reigns is the heel out of the three. I know Finn kind of treads mm. that fine line, but. We always want to see a face versus heel scenario, and Reigns is the only one who's a proper heel out for three champions, isn't he? So, Reigns would be my preference at this point. But I don't know. Edge is being very elusive, isn't he, at the moment? So he could go any any way. And he was watching last night. So, and let's not forget both Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, as as Andy will come to later, will have to defend their titles. So most likely will mean Edge will have to wait until after them. Right, boys. Before I hand over to Andy. It's predictions now. Before I get into the predictions, what, what are we get? What are we thinking, fellas? Are we going to go off our new predictions for the men's, or are we going to stick with our originals? No, new ones because we were just shocking the first time round. New ones, okay. Absolutely. We'll add that. Yeah. Right. So, Andy, I know you've got the overall score, so I'll get you to add them once we've done the uh, the predictions. Oh. But we'll we'll start here, right? So the first match that I had down, it's not in order. It was the uh, North American Championship. Me and Robbie, we got a point each, woohoo! Because we both went for Mr. Johnny Gargano, and sadly, Andy, you went for your boy Kushida, and he let you down. Uh, so embarrassing! Shut that's up. One, that's one to Rob, one to Connor, and zero to Andy. The next prediction we had down was for the women's title, and lads, we all got it correct. All three of us went for Io Shirai, so we all get a point. So that's Rob two, Connor two. Andy won. Now in the uh, in the men's men's match, you two you got it right. You both went for Finn Balor, so point for you. Sadly, I went for Pete Dunne and I got it wrong. So that's uh, Rob three, Connor two, Andy two. <laughs> then on to the women's <laughs> dusty classic. We all went for Gonzalez and Kai. So that's Rob. Rob's on four. Uh, me and Andy both on three. And then for the men's, you boys both went for MSK. Um, and I sadly went for the grizzled young uh, veterans. So Rob, absolute clean sweep with the five. Andy with four. And me with Three. So, Robbie, you are the predictions champion in terms of NXT. You retain your belt, which you will carry forward to this Sunday 
where you will put it on the line once again. But congratulations, Robbie. Cheers, you really man. are. You really are the king of. I know. Imagine Andy, so if you hadn't far. backed Kashida, you would have drawn with me. There was a um, sentimental. If choice, you hadn't okay. backed that fraud, you might have gone. Wow. You I, well, I'm done. We're not doing this anymore. No. And thank you very much. That was NXT Takeover Vengeance Day. Andy, over to you for Elimination Chamber this Sunday. Thank you, Connor. Right then, Elimination Chamber, you know the drill, you know, five men. Six, you dipstick. <laughs> we know the drill, six men. I'm rattled. I can't believe that I, I picked Kushida. Fuck, I can't Anyway, Elimination Chamber. This is the 11th Elimination Chamber, gents. A pay-per-view of all time. Uh, there have been nearly 30 Elimination Chamber matches um, but so we'll see over 30 come the end of this one. There are currently five matches on the card that we can uh, predict and give our, our opinions towards. Some will spend more time on than others for obvious reasons. For example, I really don't want to spend too much time talking about Oscar versus Lacey Evans because, quite, quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, but we do have two elimination chamber matches. I'm rattled, Robbie. Falling apart in front of you. Would you like me to carry on? No, I'm fine. I can do this. Right, we have two Elimination Chamber matches to uh, go through. Although we all start very quickly with Oscar Lacey Evans. Should we just get this one out of the way? Yes, yeah, I do don't it. know where this has come from, lads. I don't care enough about it to spend much time on it. So uh, should I just start yeah, I... with saying Oscar for the win on this one? Because I don't really, you know. No. What? I disagree with you, Andy. I'm going for a title change. They're going to go all in on Lacey Charlotte for Mania. Okay. No, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me one bit. It's the only women's um, storyline that's getting... Any kind of um, television time, isn't it, really? Apart from the Lana stuff. But poor old Oscar can't buy a title defence. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. They've done it in the past. Take it off her before WrestleMania. And I could easily see them going all in on Flair Evans, which I don't really like, but it's what it is. I'd rather see um, Oscar Flair, but I'm going to go with a title change here. See, I think, I think Charlotte will cost Lacey this match. Yeah, um, that's exactly where I'm going. Oscar. I think Oscar will defend. Um, Charlotte will get involved. <laughs> Maybe Oscar I should get the Lacey. <laughs> because Oscar's Charlotte's friend as well, isn't she? So, uh, yeah, true. I, 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 would, I, would, I, would, I want to see Oscar retain, so I'm going to play. I'm, I'm going to, so I get a benefit from both sides. I'm going to stick with my um, Evans claim. All right, yeah. fair enough. We'll see. Uh, now we have a triple threat match for the United States Championship. This one is between the champion Bobby Lashley taking on Riddle and Keith Lee. Now, in fairness, usually with this sort of match on a card like this, I'd be thinking, yeah. But you know what? They've been telling a decent story here between these three, especially Lashley. I love the heel work he's been going through recently. He feels so dangerous. Everyone around him is almost very nervous to be around him. MVP's done a great job at selling his nerves when it comes to Bobby Lashley. And this one's actually difficult to call, you know, because both men, uh, Riddle and Lee, Riddle had a great showing in the the uh, Royal Rumble and Keith Lee, of course, is someone that we know could do wonderful things. This one's a difficult one to call. It is for the US title. Triple threat match. Lashley, Riddle, Lee. Con, I'm going to start with you. What do you think is going to happen in this one? I would absolutely love to see Keith Lee win his first bit of gold on the main roster. However, Bobby Lashley is just in the absolute form of his life. He's just so dangerous, so scary. So I'm going to go for a Bobby Lashley um, retain. As much as I'd love to see Keith Lee win, I just think, why would you ruin the momentum train for Bobby Lashley? Uh, Rob, you think the women's title might change? Will the US title change? No, I don't. Simply because I think I would save Lashley Lee one-on-one for Mania, then have Lee take it off him at Mania on a big stage in front of fans, give him his first belt in front of a crowd on the biggest stage of all. Have Riddle take the pin in this one because, as you let us know, I'm not a huge Matt Riddle fan, and supposedly his contract is um, running out, so wouldn't make much sense to give him the belt. And Lashley is still in good form, so I think let him hold it to at least Mania, then have him and Lee go one-on-one. So don't go Lashley to retain in this one. Great shout, full house, Bobby Lashley. The form he's on, as Connor said, the form of his life, he looks great, he looks hungry. And finally, the US title is getting some decent, strong booking, mm. which uh, we like to see. Certainly. Uh, now we're going to go to the first of two Elimination Chamber matches. This one is for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre will defend against five other men, showing he's a fighting champion, uh, if ever there was one. He'll take on AJ Styles, Matt, uh, Jeff Hardy, I should say, Randy Orton, Sheamus and The Miz. And there's a match on Raw tonight uh, between those men to decide who will enter the chamber last. Um, so uh, all up for grabs there. This looks to me more predictable than the other uh, a limited chamber match. I cannot for the life of me see Drew McIntyre dropping the title here. Yeah. 
They've done similar things <clears> in the past where they've had the champion defend in the chamber. And um, often, actually, we have seen a champion chain chance. I remember when Bray Wyatt won his first WWE title. That was inside the elimination chamber. However, I just don't see that happening this time. Drew McIntyre is the guy at the minute. They're going with him. They're going all guns blazing. All the regs in the Drew's basket. Therefore, I am going with Drew McIntyre to retain his title. Robbie, what say you? Um... This would be easier if I knew who Edge was going to pick. Because I think if Edge picked... I just don't think an Edge-Drew match really works. No. If that's the route they're going to go. If that, if they plan on having Edge change the WWE title, then I could see them um, having him drop it. You could put it on Orton and then have Edge and Orton go again. Put it on Styles. Styles and Edge could be a good match. And then you could have Drew and Sheamus feud without the belts. But... I'm going to go on the fact that I think Edge will go on to pick Reigns. So I'm going to have Drew retain in this one. And you imagine they'll continue building on the Drew Sheamus storyline up until Mania. But it's still, I'm still excited for this match. It, um, it's six, six former, well, six former WWE, five, five former WWE champions and the current WWE champion in the ring. You compare that to the Elimination Chamber matches last year, which were shit, to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. This, this is a proper Elimination chamber match but i expect drew to um come out the other side i think it would be extremely harsh for him to to lose the title just before mania but then it depends because i think edge is um vince's baby at the moment and i could easily see him shafting drew for the sake of edge because i just don't think a drew edge match would work but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my my boy drew to, to retain in this one connor is it just me who senses complete bullshit that the miz is in this match when he holds the money in the bank briefcase what is the point in having mr money in the bank in a match for the WWE championship the point of the money in bank is to cash in on the champion at any time he wants so why are you getting put in matches against him for the title what happens if he wins does he have the title as well he can't cash in on himself what's the logic of having the miz in this match when there are plenty other people on that raw brand that deserve the spot and would do honestly a better job in that spot. Andy, I'm just so down about the Miz recently, just the way he's being used, the way he's being booked. I've, I've gone back to watching the Miz of old because I just have to remind myself what this man can do and the talent that he has, because I just, he, he's just dead end at the moment. It's like, you know, when you're in a dead end job and you ain't going anywhere and it's just silly. That's just how it feels. And he's on TV a lot as well. He's on TV. I know, and, but he's so good. And this is what really annoys me. He's one of the best heels in the business and he just is being used so, so badly. And it makes me sad. But to your point, Andy, you're 100% correct. You know, he, he is Mr. Money in the Bank. He is an, he is Mr. Opportunist. He You know, he, he, he takes the opportunities. Well, he used to clearly isn't at the moment by the way he's being booked and you're right Andy what's the point what's the point he's gonna he's gonna go in there Morrison will be standing outside and he'll be he'll be the first man to be eliminated and then he's gone and it's it's down to it's down to the five of them I don't I don't understand it doesn't really seem to make any sense to me it feels like sometimes you get like you said Andy you get overlooked you know you get overlooked in this in this brand I mean he's been beaten by Damien Priest do you know what I mean? Where's the logic putting him in then? If you're going to do that, surely you put Damien Priest in because Priest beat him. It, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't dwell on it, Andy, because I just don't think he's going to be in there for very long. He'll probably be the first one to go. He'll have a bit of fun with John Morrison. John Morrison will do something. And then that'll be it. I don't even think he's going to cash in. I, I, I genuinely think he, he, we're just going to run out of time. I genuinely think he's just going to pass April and he's like, oh, hang on a second. It's now money in the bank again. Not April, sorry. When it's in May or June, it normally mm. is. Um, it's just going to run <laughs> past that. And then it's like, oh, uh-oh, we have another... We've got, got to do another one of those shows. I'm just so down about The Miz at the moment, Andy, because he is one of my favourites in the business. Um, he has been since I, I was watching the first time around because I just, he was just that guy. You just, you, you just love to hate because he was so hateful. And now I just laugh at him because he's, he's pathetic and it's not his fault. It's just the way he's booked. We know how talented he is. Um, so stupid decision, Andy, you could have other people in there again. It's just the fact that they're overlooking the talent that they have there. Why not put Mustafa Ali in it? Why not, why not shove him in there? Poor Kofi, Kofi, bless him. Kofi Kingston. Kofi. Mm. Put him in there. Do you know what I mean? You've got people there that you can put in if you really want to. But you go and put Mr. Money in the Bank. Doesn't make any sense to me, Andy. And again, I, I can't. It, it, it has to be Drew. Drew's going to retain it. 
what's the point in giving it to Seamus? What's the point in giving it to Styles? Orton, they did it and then they made him lose. So it make no reason for him to get it. And what, you're going to give it to Miz? Come on now, don't be stupid. Yeah, so Drew, Drew retain for me, uh, I think, should be pretty straightforward. Good stuff. Now, this next chamber match is easily the one I'm most excited for, purely because of the implications and I think the unpredictability of this match. Uh, of course, six men will enter. Whoever wins will face Roman Reigns later on that night. One would assume it will be the last match of the evening, which is a prospect that I think is fantastic. It just shows Reigns' influence. You know, he's using his intimidation uh, amongst um, the officials to get uh, his way. He wants to have a title match. He's contracted. Uh, contractually obligated to have a title match at Elimination Chamber, but how is he going to do it? He's going to have his challenger go through the pain and torture of the Chamber match before going on to face him uh, in the field for this match, as announced uh, on SmackDown by Adam Pearce and Shane McMahon, who turned up for a minute and then left for no reason. Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, no idea why, uh, Cesaro and Daniel Bryan will battle it out for a match against Roman Reigns after that. What do we think about this one, lads? It does seem a lot more like an open playing field. Everyone on SmackDown seems to be booked well. We, I love watching SmackDown every week. I thoroughly enjoyed it this week as well. Uh, and yet, this one does seem difficult to book because you have people there that have a history with Reigns, like Kevin Owens, Uso. You have people that are being pushed very strongly recently, like uh, Cesaro. You have Sami Zayn there, for, as I mentioned, for some reason, I'm not sure why. But open playing field, very much an open playing field. Robbie... As much as hard as it is to call, who do you reckon is going to win this one and go on to face Reigns later on? Well, a few shins, not in it. A bit yeah. disappointed about that, I yeah. feel. But I think they've put, I mean, Corbin and Zayn are the two I look at as kind of anonymous, but I think they've done it just so they can have both heels and faces in there. I think the main reason they've done it, but I am going to go with um, Cesaro <laughs> because I genuinely believe he is. His promo on Talking Smack was insane. It went viral on Twitter. And I genuinely, look, he's not going to beat Reigns, but I would like to see him get an opportunity at the belt. I don't want to see Owens again. Jey Uso doesn't really make much sense to me. I don't really know that. It's on the angle of that. It's not going to be Corbin or Zayn. So it would be between Brian and Cesaro for me. And if it was Brian, I feel like Brian would be saved more for Mania. So I give it to Cesaro. And as I said, he's not going to win. But make him look really good in the chamber. I probably he could well get eliminated first. I'll just be depressed. But they actually seem to be doing something with him. I could I could just be getting sold down the river. Apparently his contract runs out at the end of Mania, so they could be doing just just so a sign a contract. And after Mania, he'll go back to being a complete jobber and doing nothing. But um, due to his um, form over the last few weeks. Obviously got decimated by Seth, which is funny. <laughs> We'd like to see Seth in it, actually. Why can't Seth be in it instead of freaking Sami Zayn? That's frustrating, but it is what it is. But um, yeah, and he cut his promo on talks about. So I'm gonna go with Cesaro, and uh, and I hope and I believe he will win this match. See, I w- that's a good shout. So you're saying Cesaro and then Roman to win the following match, correct? Yeah, Reigns ain't going to lose it before okay. Mania, is he? Let's be... Hey, whoever wins that isn't beating Roman Reigns. No chance. Yeah, Not chance no, now. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Cesaro. He was my pick until I watched SmackDown and saw the beatdown from Seth Rollins. So I think, would you have Cesaro win that match and go on to face Reigns with the Rollins thing in the background? But then I think, could Rollins interfere and cost Cesaro lean to a feud? It's a very difficult one uh, to call. Connor, is that the route you're going down? You're going down the Cesaro route as well? Or are you going to go with someone else totally? No, nah, I don't think Cesaro will win purely because of this feud with with Seth Rollins. I think something will will go on. Maybe a a Rollins beating Seth him not before he jumps into the chamber. Just interrupts the title match. That not make more sense. Well, that's he Seth, can. He that's can, gonna get in the but... chamber. You can't can't get in the elimination chamber. No, can you? before you, can. you div. That's and he can stupid. Get in, yeah. I'll be fuming. Sure, Michaels did. Sure, Michaels did on the Undertaker. I don't think Cesaro is going to win. I think it's between Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan. I really do. I think it'll be one of those two. Um, I feel. I don't know which one between the two because I don't know if 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 they're going to give us another KO, Reigns match purely because we've seen it so many times but he's still yet to beat KO cleanly which makes me think they might give Kevin Owens another shot 
So purely on that basis, I'm going to go for Kevin Owens to win and then lose to Reigns. But I think it'll be clean that he'll lose to Reigns in this one, purely because he'll be so knackered from being put through his paces in the chamber. And then that wipes the state clean heading into WrestleMania. Good shout. And I'm very torn with, with Cesaro because I, I think I, I really can see them having could him be win onto something, that though, one, but have Rollins cost him in the main event. He could have yeah. Reigns on the ropes. Fuck Uso, Seth Rollins, that's Uso, Well, yes. Uso might not be there because he's all battered from the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah. And it could, and Ro- Rollins could be the one to help his <laughs> old Shield brethren out. You mentioned Shin there, Rob. Don't worry about Shin, mate. He's going after the IC title. Is he, though? Well, he, he, will, he? Because, he will, because Apollo ruined the match. I don't... I don't know if I'm... Re- I don't want to read too much into that. I love the Apollo Crews and Big Easter. I feel like they just put Shinsuke in there for the sake of... So Crews no, could just interrupt so. the match. I'm not too sure about so. that. If Big E should defend that in a ladder match at um, Mania. Watch this, got, watch this space. They've got plenty of people who could challenge him. He should defend it in a ladder match at Mania, Big E. But... Um, I'm back in Cesaro. I, I could have well fuck predictions this week because I've I've gone out on a limb on a few of them. You know so what? I could I'm I'm going with you, Rob. I've got to go with Cesaro. Well done, Andy. I That's can, it. I can, I was so tempted to go with Brian, but I just I just have this niggling feeling that I Brian. want I want to see that at Mania. I want to see Reigns Brian have that get that, that I think they're going yeah, I think they're going down go. the route of kind of like Brian's kind of like coaching Cesaro almost kind of like that vibe so we'd beat Cesaro first and you can have Brian at Mania but then obviously you've got the edge element as well so there's a lot of decisions they have to make but I just or, don't want to see, I don't want to see Kevin Owens again I don't or it might be it might be Baron Corbin Fuck shut off. up Connor <laughs> that would be stupid <laughs> I'd stop watching I'd King watch. Corbin should I say to give him his if it's him or, if it's him or Zayn I refuse I mean, Reigns would kill Zane. To be fair, that would be quite. Reigns would kill Zane. He would just kill him, which would be quite. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns is going to win whoever. He's going to win whoever, isn't it? Yeah, I'm still excited for the the chamber match. So, but there it is. We've all gone for uh, a bit of an array there. Different. Uh, Rob Rob's gone out a limb on a couple, like you said. But uh, yeah, Cesaro for me as well. I did that for NXT, Rob. Look how I ended. Yeah, true. I think it's quite a good um, card considering how little turnaround they've had, to be fair. It's not an awful card. No. Then we've got Fastlane as well, which is just the highlight of my year to come. So. (laughs) Nothing happens. (laughs) Last time something happened at Fastlane, it was Blake Goldberg beating Owens, and that was a waste of my time. But yes, that is Elimination Chamber predicted. You've heard it here first, or have you? We could be totally wrong, as you were for plenty of the uh, NXT card for me and Connor especially uh, but thank you gents it's, uh, it's, a, it's a card that I'm definitely looking forward to as you just said there Rob I think with the time they've had to build this I think it's done extremely well mainly on the Smackdown side but that's to be expected because Smackdown is just far better at booking things as uh, as, as we've seen very recently uh, but that's it Limited Chamber and NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day reviewed and previewed Connor thank you so much for your NXT TakeOver hosting Always a, always a pleasure uh, doing that with you. And Robbie, thank you very much as well for retaining your title. But it won't be for long, I promise. Me and Connor will, will be back and better than ever. Well. And we'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. Do keep tuned on our social media platforms at Monday Night Gore on Twitter, capital M, capital N, capital G. And on that Twitter page, you can find our links to other social medias as well, including Instagram and indeed our email address. Do DM us if you have any questions or topics you would like us to discuss. Before we go, I would just like to say we are open for bookings, all three of us, Mr. Goldman, Mr. Fuherty and Mr. Edwards. We are all open for bookings. If you need us to incite some wisdom on your upon your lives or you want us to appear anywhere. Rob is, Rob is very good at birthday parties and he can do wedding appearances. We are all <laughs> open for bookings. So any bookings, do inquire. Any questions, email us on our email, mondaynightcore at gmail.com. Right, you are. And as I mentioned, we'll be back next week to talk some more wrestling and, of course, to review the Elimination Chamber coming this Sunday. But from me, from Robbie and from Connor, we thank you very, very much for listening wherever you are in the world and we will see you next time. <laughs>